starting. I don't know. We probably have to come up with more dumb stuff to talk about so they don't know this is the second episode we've recorded back to back. Shh. The secret. You don't want you don't want the New World Order to find <laughs> out we record episode two episodes in a row. Batch recording. Batch recording. Oh no. These will probably be the most timely well. I lied. They won't be very timely. They'll still be a month, at least. But I haven't talked about anything that gives away when we're recording this. That's true. Our our conversations have been very evergreen this episode. I was I was going to say, like, you know, I mowed my yard today. I hope it doesn't snow again. But that could put us anywhere between, like, January and July. So <laughs> you have true. no idea what time yeah, of year it is. Know. You don't know. You don't know where we live. Even Global though warming! Even though we've said multiple times where we live. Right. All right. I guess we should start doing this podcast thing podcast more like podcasting 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 well, that's the that's the boost i needed that's my favorite way to introduce an episode <laughs> hello and welcome to we the sheeple your bi-weekly podcast guide to the wild and wacky world of conspiracy theories and misinformation bah. <laughs> I'm your that's new. I'm your host, Trent Jones, and with me, as always, my co-host, Tom McVeigh. Yippee-ki-yay, mother trucker. Ooh, coming in hot. And our silent but definitely real producer, Devin. Oh god, he just ate the sheep's head off! He ate he ate our mascots! Uh, not fluffy! He looked at me and I could he telepathically told me in my mind, I'm the mascot now. <laughs> <sighs> he he did his best impersonation of like the the eyeball thing where you take your two fingers and point. You know oh, what I'm okay. talking about. I immediately thought about like the eyeball monster from the original Power Rangers. I have not seen this monstrosity you're describing. Well, you know, given that this is an audio medium, I need to take a couple seconds to show you a picture. I think the best approximation of what Devin looks like is there's this monster in D&D called the Gibbering Mouther. Yes. This is what Devin looks like. He's a cross between a Gibbering Mouther and... What's that thing called? Eye Guy. Eye Guy from Power Rangers. Oh, we should have talked about him last episode. It would have been perfect. He's so good at sun gazing. All right, we're going to have Eye Guy merch. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a tier 3000 uh, sun gazer. I, I'm gonna just post this picture in the merch disky with no exclamation debris. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Alright, Tom. What do you think we're talking about today? I just want you to guess. Even though you already know, because I told you. Um, I think we're gonna talk about a Greek man that was once a Greek child with a dream. A dream to tell us about aliens. <laughs> Ooh! This segue... This week, we're talking about the Pyramids of Egypt. Dun, dun, dun. Is it a conspiracy that they're like trapezoids, actually, or something? No. If only. If only they were that outlandish. <laughs> Tom, what do you know about the Great Pyramids? Well, I guess there's one Great Pyramid at Giza, and then there's two. I guess they're not great. <laughs> I guess they're subpar pyramids. I was, like, weirdly into Egyptian mythology in middle school. Oh. But I don't know how much I know about the pyramids. Um, 
As my one true president, Ben Carson, said, they were used to store grain. Oh, you've gotten ahead of me, my friend. We're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to cover it. <laughs> um, That's a deep cut. I didn't expect you to know that. That's hilarious. On, the master of bar trivia knows all. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. They were like tombs for pharaohs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So first... Treasure, probably all stolen already. Rosetta yeah, Stone. Yeah, most of it got sacked. Um, so we're going to, real quick, we'll run through some of the real history. Pretty. This is a real bird's eye view flyover of of all the stuff there is to know about the pyramids uh, as far as real history goes. And then we'll, we'll get into the, um, maybe call it pseudo-archaeology. <laughs> I like that, like, the episodes you lead, we always talk about, like engineering or history or something real and i'm like let's talk about tromboning your eyeballs (laughs) y'all well i usually here's my thinking i usually like to understand what's true about it about a certain topic because then it gets all the more like to me the contrast between understanding the real facts about a circumstance and then understanding the crackpot theories about them that's fair. I, just, I guess crackpot theories is probably unfair for some of them. but my, my stuff's just so out there, you kind of have to go through it and find the, the grains of truth as you go along. Right. There's some episodes that are just like, I, how am I supposed... There's no grounding this in reality. Sup, QAnon? Yeah. Sorry, continue. All right. So the real history of the pyramids. So, um, they were all build, built in a very similar period of time. At least the three large ones at Giza. Like, those are the ones you think of, right? Yeah, those are the okay. ones you think of. The Great Pyramid at Giza, which is the largest, was actually built first. Okay. Um, by the pharaoh Khufu, um, and was begun, um, in 20, 2550 BC. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a ways back. A ways back. Yeah, because, like, Egypt- you think about it... Huh? See, so yeah, like, Egypt was a lot around for, like, a long time. Like, there's a whole bunch of different, like, kingdoms and stuff. Right, there. so this is even... Yeah, this is down the road in Egypt. Like, they were well-established right. by this point. And that's the wild part. Like, I, I've heard that this is kind of, like, a cliche at this point, I feel like, to say. But, like, the Egyptians were as far back to the ancient Greeks and Romans as the ancient Greeks and Romans are to us now. Like, that's, that's how, yeah, that's how old Egyptian civilization is. I think, too, I've heard it, and I'm not going to fact check it. It's like, Cleopatra is closer to landing on the moon than the building of the Great Pyramids. Whoa. I don't know if that's Probably, because she was, she was later, not later Roman, but Roman Republic era. Yeah. The beginning so. of the Republic. I think. Because she was right before Caesar. Well, well, let's just see what there the phantom time people have to say about yeah. this. That's, that's, we, we must consult our mathematician expert in the calendar. Um, okay, so that was the first Great Pyramid, the biggest one. The Big Kahuna, you might say. Um, then the second pyramid was built by Khufu's son, the pharaoh Khafre. That's probably how you say it. I like it. Um, and I don't know whether it was started or completed, but it's uh, 2520. So, 30 years after. So, it really didn't take them that long, all things considered, to build these things. Um, And the third, which is considerably smaller, was built by the pharaoh... I'm going to butcher this one. Menakare, maybe? I'd buy it. Um, I don't know that he was related to the other two. Maybe. Jealous? I don't know. 
He had <laughs> he had pyramid envy. <laughs> um, and that was built uh, in 2490 BC. Okay. Yeah. So think about that. Like the Romans were quite literally 2,500 years like after this. That's crazy. It's it's wild. Um, so the Great Pyramid is about 480 feet tall. Okay. And it is estimated to contain 2.3 million stone blocks, each weighing between 2.5 and 15 tons. How could they possibly move those? <laughs> How could they possibly? Uh, you're getting ahead of me again here, <laughs> Um They're mostly made, most of the pyramid is made from like a lower quality limestone that mm. they that were quarried actually pretty close to the okay. pyramids. And then they were had this outer like veneer, like this outer casing of higher quality lines limestone that was ground and highly polished, so it gave it a really smooth exterior. Which actually the casings aren't aren't really there today. Okay. Um I'm not sure if they were like stole like if people for other building projects just like stole them off of it or whether they decayed. I'm not I didn't look that deep into it. I'm sure somebody has answers out there. Um and you might wonder, who the heck built these darn things? Like, that, that must have taken a Herculean effort by a lot of people. Was it Hercules? Oh, this is not <laughs> one of the theories I cover. Um, so some scholars, this is still a pretty, most of these facts are actually a pretty big source of contention just because there's not a lot of written record about this. A lot of it has to be archaeological, like, inference just based on what you find. Um... Some scholars now believe that a small skeleton crew of workers lived and worked on them all year round, and then during certain times of the year when the Nile flooded, presumably putting your field underwater so you didn't really have any farm work to do, right? Um, that they had a big uh, flush of people that would come and work all at once. Um, and the, the largest indications is that they weren't built by slaves, they were paid laborers. Um, that either donated their time, like probably in the case of when the fields flooded, they may have donated their time, but largely they were skilled craftsmen, craftsmen that seemed to be paid pretty well. Right. It's like, that was what they did. They were right. They, workers yeah. Whatever. They were, they were pyramid builders. Um, um, all indications are that the pyramids were built to establish like a Pharaoh's might and standing for the afterlife. They were ba- just show off, you know, monuments basically. Fair. It, it makes sense because there were a series of smaller, less impressive pyramids. Some of them were more the stepped pyramid style, oh, like cool, you cool. see in Mesoamerica. Yeah, I've been to some of those, dude. Um, so there were a lot of those that were built, and there were smaller, like pyramid style kind of things Ziggurats. built before these. Yeah, built before these three guys, and then there was one. There's one that actually looks really uh, derpy. You can look it up. It's, <laughs> I think it's. They call it, like, the twisted pyramid or the slanted pyramid or something. But basically, like, the bottom, like, three quarters of it is a nice at one angle. And then for some reason at the top, it, like, turns to a different angle and looks re- <laughs> it looks really weird. Um, nice. But that was built before all these. So they, they had a history of stonework before this. Um, there's a lot of theories about how they were built. Most of it is some combinations of building ramp, like, earthen ramps. Um, and then using simple tools, um, clever engineering, and just some fundamental mechanisms to, to make it happen. 
it's it's really amazing what you can do with just basic a basic understanding of physics and engineering of what you can like levers levers pulleys ramps yeah all the simple mechanisms yes but pulleys were probably a big part of it yeah and they they like roll them on logs too i think that's some of the speculation is they because i think that's how they did the easter island heads too maybe or did they penguin walk those i can't remember i don't know man i'm not an ancient rock moving expert. but that's one good way to move something that's very heavy is you just put rollers and do that i think other of them they put them on sleds and like basically just pour water on the ground to make it Hmm. slipperier and nifty scooted them up um but obviously, Tom, as you kind of touched on, that just doesn't satisfy some people. I'm not satisfied. Because how could dum-dums way back in the day manage to build these ding-dang pyramids? They didn't even have YouTube. They didn't have YouTube. Who was going to tell them how to build a pyramid? Exactly. <sighs> well, in any case, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different theories about what the pyramids are. Who built them, how they were built, all these different things. So we're just going to kind of fly through some of the big ones. I'm going to start with some... We're kind of going to start at the... I don't want to say the more logical end, but... <laughs> it's hard to put logic to any of the things we talk right. about in the show. The more possible end, I would say. The more rational thought end. And then we're going to end not there at all. Like with the caveat that we're grading on a pretty heavy curve. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, believe it or not, this is going to be the most... I think logical explanation for what they could be. This is the one that I feel like is possible. It's just not true. I'm excited already. This one, Joseph's Granaries, which you kind of touched on. Mm. This is Big Ben Carson. We'll come back to him at the end, but <laughs> Big Ben Carson. <laughs> so this idea is pretty simple, and it it's an old idea. This is not a new concept. Um, but the idea is that. Um, the pyramids were actually granaries, like to store grain, that were built um, by Joseph in the Bible. Okay. So in the Old Testament story of the Bible, the Israelites are in Egypt for a long period of time. Yeah. When they get there, the story of how they come to be in Egypt is this guy, Joseph, was basically sold into slavery by his family. Pretty messed up. He ends up, by this whole host of events, ends up being one of Pharaoh's, like, highest authorities in the whole land like he's, right hand man yeah basically um and he knows that there's going to be a famine that's coming he prepares by filling up building new storehouses in in the prior years and saving a bunch of grain and they just decided that these were the storehouses correct right? correct um efficient use of resources yeah so then the as the story goes they have all this grain when the famine comes and everything's hunky-dory. Um, it kind of makes sense if you're in... These these ideas kind of show up with early European Christian travelers. So we're talking like kind of dark age, like Middle Ages, Dark Ages, um, and maybe even into Renaissance, but there weren't real... Like, the Greeks didn't think this was the case. Like, other people around the area didn't really think this was the case. The, the Greeks kind of hit it on the head. There were several historians that were just kind of like... They were even kind of bashing it. They were like, it's a needless display of wealth and, like, yeah. a foolish waste of effort and all this kind of stuff. But, but yeah, so they probably date from Euro- European Christian travelers who just went there, didn't understand what they were looking at, and 
their conception was, oh, maybe this is what it is because we know this story. Okay. Um, see? So not, you know, not the craziest thing to think if you don't know better. I'll give early European Christians a pass on that, not brain surgeons in the 21st century. <laughs> so, like I kind of said, very few, if any, scholars actually thought that this was the case once they studied them. Um, and the idea pretty much was killed from popular thought when once explorers started actually going inside of the pyramids and figuring out that they were not, in fact, hollow. <laughs> you can't really store much grain in a solid chunk of rock. Um, other counter evidence includes the existence of actual granaries discovered elsewhere. Um, I hate it when that happens. And it also kind of makes sense. If you were going to store a bunch of grain, why would you keep it all in one? You would just build smaller ones nearer to where people lived. Like, it doesn't make any sense to put it all in one space and have to transport it everywhere else. Counterpoint. Costco. <laughs> but there are many Costcos. This would be akin to having one big Costco in, like, Missouri... And that everyone drove to periodically to fill up on green. <laughs> um, and it doesn't... The pyramids don't actually look anything like the granaries that they built elsewhere. Um, and as Tom has alluded to, that didn't stop dear Dr. Ben Carson from asserting his belief in this theory. And I think... I have a clip for you, Tom. I think this clip was... From the I think it's like a early two thousands. I think it was like twenty sixteen or twenty. I think that's probably. a different. That might be a different one. Uh, this this is like a news station. Of course, there's more than one. Yeah, I mean, beliefs die hard, I suppose. So we're gonna let's let's take a listen. It's still my belief, yes. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, well, the pyramids were made in a way that they had hermetically sealed compartments. You wouldn't need hermetically sealed compartments uh, for a sepulcher. You would need that if you were trying to preserve grain over a long period of time. That man was almost president. I shouldn't say yeah, almost. Yeah, but. he was an almost. He was like legit, like one he was of the a contender. Best. Well, he was like, or he is one of the like best neurosurgeons ever like he like i want to say like separated like some twins that were like conjoined at the head whoa like he's How like a super that? good doctor well i think he's a he's a case study of how being an expert in one field does not make you an expert in any other field see the phantom time episode <laughs> see the phantom time episode all right next we have noah's ark you might ask how could these two possibly be related I was pretty sure Noah's Ark was, like, in the mountains somewhere. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing about that. But it's just another conspiracy theory, probably. That, I don't know if it was... It didn't have the makings of a conspiracy theory. It was more like a researcher was like, oh, this might be... Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. So, based on popular... or a, You know what the Dead Sea Scrolls are, Tom? Yeah, it's this item in the Binding of Isaac that gives you a random effect. Or it was, like, some well-preserved documents <laughs> that, you know, show some early biblical texts. Yeah, so they were say. they were actually found relatively recently, like, in the last hundred years, yeah. I think. Um, but they were, like, one of the biggest archaeological discoveries in, like, the last century, really. Mm -hmm. um, but what they are is 
these, I think they were modern day shepherds in and around Israel. Um, they just happened upon this cave where they found like these jars full of these scrolls. Um, and these scrolls, I think there were a bunch of different writings in there. I think there were some, there were some like, uh, early manuscripts of the Bible, I think. I think that's part of it. And then there was other, there were other things in there too. But this one particular, so it was a whole, a whole big thing. They went through and translated as much as they could from these things. It helped, helped archaeologists learn a lot because it was a lot more writings than they had had previously. So, based on a particular interpretation of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which describes the Ark's tallness gathering, that's the literal like Hebrew translation of the word. Um, so this, it describes the Ark's tallness as gathering, as in Noah's Ark. And the, this is interpreted as forming a pyramid shape. So that you can kind of see what they're talking about. Like the, as it gets taller, it starts bunching up, right? Okay. Like a roof. <laughs> you sure. might think. Um, so that's, that's, this is kind of the whole, the whole bean for this whole conspiracy a word, theory. A single word. Um, then the doors, these particular doors of the Florence Baptisserie, Made by Lorenzo Ghiberti. Ghiberti. It's in. It's in Italy. It's in Florence. It's okay. one of like the many Renaissance, uh, early Renaissance, like beautiful buildings that were built in Italy at the time. Uh, it was built in the 1400s, and it allegedly depicts the Ark as a pyramid. <laughs> it has many different Old Testament. It's beautiful if you look at it. It's like. A masterpiece, but okay. it has many different um, Old Testament, like biblical scenes in there. Mm-hmm. When I looked at it, it kind of looked like to me, it was more like sun rays coming down, like the God rays, <laughs> um, like coming down from a cloud. How sometimes it looks like that, but yeah, I mean, it does. It looks eerily similar to like a wireframe outline of a pyramid. I'll give them that. Um. Why it matters that this dude would have carved them that way, I don't know. Like, maybe this ju- dude was just mistaken, I guess, but... Or he's in on it, and they're leaving clues. He's in on it. He's one of them. Yeah. He's a pyramid. Yeah, he is. Look at him. How did we not notice? He's made of limestone. <laughs> um, His fancy outer layer has fallen off to reveal more limestone. <laughs> what? Crap, your limestone underneath? How could this be? Um... So the general idea in all of these theories is that um, the ancient Egyptian elite made the pyramids to survive a catastrophic flood they somehow knew was coming. So basically they built the pyramid and they climbed up in it and just hung out until the flood receded. Then they also cite that an Egyptian creation myth has a landmass rising up out of the water, which then becomes the first land, and bing, bing, boom, we have Egypt now. They're really grasping at straws, man. Yeah. This yeah. is the good ones? The ones that make sense, almost? They're the closest to logical, I would say. That one, not as much. Yeah. I thought you were about to tell me that they thought the pyramid was the Ark, and I was going to be like, how do they propose it floats? That is what I thought when I first read it. I'm sure there are some people that do take that line of thought, the ones that I found that at least wrote it down seem 
a little bit more along these lines. They were like, okay, that kind of sounds crazy. They're not going to float. <laughs> I don't want to sound but, crazy. Yeah, I don't want to sound crazy, but people hitting the pyramids to escape the flood. Um, they the grain inside of it. All right, Tom. So this is kind of where we're going to leave the land of reason behind. But first, let's, let's take a trip. Let's hear from our advertisers. Take a trip. So we're going to... the gonna... corner or the hour, whichever it's called. We'll get on our boat, leave the land of reason, and stop by to refuel the island of Advertizo. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. We'll climb up into our pyramid and hopefully find some advertisements in there. Or grain, at least. Let's go. Hey. Wasn't that a refreshing trip into the pyramid? It was. I feel... Just breathing that, that pharaoh's curse. Yeah, I feel good now. The miasma really goes well. <laughs> the ancient miasma. With the grain and hermetically sealed chambers. <laughs> and Ben Carson sweat. <laughs> um, Alright, so Tom, let's take a walk on the wild side. How's that sound? I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> be, be very afraid. So the first, and this is probably the one that is the most ubiquitous, the one that the most people would swear by, the most, what most people have probably heard from and joke about, is that ancient aliens helped build the pyramids. I mean, there's a whole TV show There is a whole TV show. And it's on the History Channel. I'm not going to say that I watched clips of it preparing for this episode because you watched whole episodes of it for this episode if i could have found a full episode they were probably on netflix honestly i didn't look mm-hmm. i just watched youtube clips but early 2000s level special effects aside and b-roll <laughs> let's talk about the ancient alien theories oh. so there's a ton of different people that all kind of espouse the same theory that somehow ancient Aliens were responsible for the pyramids. I'm just going to hit on some of the common threads. It's kind of hard to find some of this information. There's just so many people out there that say it. Many people just randomly assert it and don't really, you know, explain much more. But here are some common threads. I feel insulted that you, you've you used the word theory and, like, <laughs> facts or yeah, whatever you yeah, said. Yeah. Like, none of that is things that should be used with this. So here are some of the common pieces of evidence that they cite. The immense scale and size of the project is just simply too much for our ancient ancestors. They're simple people. They're farmers. They don't know how to build big, big, big rock. I mean, I am a complex person and I can't build big rock, so I, I Farmer agree. can't build big rock. Right. And they look at it and they think, how would I, as a 21st century human with simple hand tools, build this? I couldn't. Right. Um... The accuracy and the shape and the precision of the stonework was impossible with the ancient technology. Because that's one of the crazy impressive thing about the pyramids is, like, the geometry is, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. And they are extremely well crafted. Like, the the um, gaps between the stones are, like, you know, millimeters. Like, nothing. That's um, wild. Very impressive workmanship. Um, and they assert... How could they do this with their ancient technologies? Can't can't be done. Can't be done. That's what they're saying. 
Um, People are saying. One of the other really cool things about it, too, is they purposely oriented it north. So, like, the cardinal... The base of the pyramids is square, right? Right. So each face is perpendicular to a cardinal direction. Does that make sense? So if you drew a compass rose at the very tip center of the pyramid, north would point straight through the one side. Oh, cool. So not the corners, but the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like dead accurate, too. It's like more accurate than most modern buildings. Like it's within a few tenths of a degree. That's which crazy. Is Wild. Wild. Um, we'll come back to this later because there's other reasons. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to so we're gonna come to it right now. So <laughs> there's the, other reasons. It, the pyramid lies at the geographic center, in quotations, of the Earth. Oh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't really make sense to me what they're talking about. It's the, where, the, where you go into the hollow Earth. They're off <laughs> by a couple... No, if you remember, there are tunnels beneath the ancient pyramids that connect to the hollow. <sighs> How could I forget? How could you forget? Um, have I taught you nothing? Um, <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, you have taught me nothing. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really know where people are trying to go with this because when you look at like what people think about this, they just draw like six circles around the Earth and say, "See," which I don't. <laughs> I don't really get it. See? Yeah, because it's like... It has something to do with... the When you draw the circles, you cover the most land than wa- water. We should draw squares around the earth and say, Don't you see? And post it on their forums. But that's what... I mean, because it's just like random... Like, you could draw whatever you want on a globe and make <laughs> it look like something. And, like, any point on the globe, you can draw six concentric circles that come back to the same... Or not concentric, but six circles that all come back to the same point. You've clearly put more thought into this than anyone else has, Trent. Yeah. Or not enough thought, maybe. Um, And then there's a a bunch of supposed mathematical relationships that are in some way meaningful. Um, One of them is that the particular... Like, the exact um, latitude and longitude... Like is the same as the speed of light, like, down to, like, a lot of decimals. My counterpoint to that is we came up with... The concept of latitude and longitude was come up with way, way, way after this period in time and was arbitrarily chosen zero degrees through London, (laughs) like, forever ago. And even if you think about the equator... That's that's a relative choice as well. Like, sure, it's where the world is the warmest, but the, on a sphere, you could choose to start that line anywhere. Like, you could pick to put zero degrees anywhere. So to the Egyptians, why wouldn't they have just slapped zero degrees where they were? They probably would have. Counterpoint. Aliens. Counterpoint. Aliens. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones of these. Let me... Here we go. Let me grab some of these. This guy kind of summarized some of them. I'm going to read you this guy's bio on his website. The website is called divinecosmos.com. We are racking uh, website names tonight. Mm-hmm. This dude, this is wild. Okay. So the base of the Great Pyramid times 40,200... 40, sorry, 43,200 mm. equals the equatorial circumference of the Earth with better than 1% accuracy. 
So times this number. <laughs> um, the height times 43,200 43, equals the polar radius accurate to 0.2%. Is that true? I don't know. Whoever Why built 43,200? I think he explains it here in a second. No. Whoever built the pyramids knew that the Earth wasn't a perfect sphere, for there were different measurements for the equatorial and polar circumferences. The Okay, 4,320 is the number of years for Earth to move through two zodiac signs, or one-sixth of the procession of the equinoxes. I don't know what that means. That literally sounded like nothing. But that's where they get the number from, and they slap an extra zero on there for some reason. Um, the three main periods, they say it mimics the stars in Orion's belt in size and arrangement. As, oh, as they would have appeared in <laughs> 10,450 BC. Did the Egyptians even use, like, base 10 as numbers? I don't know. I don't know if they even... I don't know what, like, number system they used at all. Because it's really impressive if all their math worked out in a number system that they don't use. Right. I think they... I think I've seen this before. I thought they used some hieroglyphics that were more similar to, like, a, um... Like a tally system or... Yeah. Like, Roman numerals. Yeah, whatever. Not a big deal. Just... But that's a great point. I don't think they used... I feel like we don't need to really shoot holes in this, um... But I think, well, remember, these are aliens, so aliens might have used Arabic numerals for some reason. (laughs) Um, So then if the Nile... That's stupid. I'm not reading that one. Each of the... There's a whole bunch of garbage. Okay, the Great Pyramid's perimeter divided by its height um, is exactly 2 pi. The pi constant in mathematics was not discovered until much later. Isn't the pi... Doesn't pi go on for, like, a long time? Yeah, it's an irrational number. It doesn't terminate. Or at least it is now. Nobody's ever... So I'm gonna guess dividing those two numbers with himself does not go out infinitely. Or it does not give you exactly two pi. (laughs) (laughs) Great point. Um, I can barely do math, and I got this guy. Right. Owned. There's other stupid stuff that I'm not gonna read, because it's dumb. But, okay, here we go. Let me read you this guy's bio on this website. I just happened upon this and it made me laugh so hard. About the author. David Wilcock. His picture's great. It's him, like, in a very scholarly pose, like, with his <laughs> his thumb and forefinger on his chin. He's got a big old forehead, too. Um, If he's wearing a jacket, would you assume there are patches on the elbows? It doesn't look like he's wearing a jacket. He's wearing a nice button-down shirt, it looks like. Hmm. Maybe silk? Maybe linen? Ooh. No, no. It looks Egyptian a shiny. Cotton. Oh, it all ties together. Okay, here we go. David Wilcock is a professional lecturer, <laughs> filmmaker, and researcher of ancient civilizations. Oh, we're good so far. Comma, consciousness, science, and new paradigms of energy and matter. You really... He really giveth and taketh away with that sentence. That that was a turn. He is rewriting entire branches of science and leading a a new narrative of human history. One that includes races of highly advanced beings that we share Earth and space with. The golden thread that that weaves his work together is the science of ascension. 
a solar system-wide transformation that elevates earth and humanity to a higher phase of spiritual advancement. David's message is one of unity and love, encouraging people to live a life of goodness and harmony. He is a cosmic reporter of poignant news and events in the Ascension timeline and drama. Yeah, so this guy's got a whole theory of reality. So when's our episode on him? Oh, we'll probably circle back. This website is a gold mine. I think if we've learned anything through the first, whatever, ten or so episodes of oh this show, gosh, this is um, looks crazy. Anytime someone is single-handedly rewriting <laughs> a branch of scholarship, he's probably right. And it's always he. I feel like it's always he. All right, let me read the most recent uh, headline update he has here. This is from December fourteenth, two thousand and nineteen. So he's a little he's a little late. But it claims that it has two mil- over 2 million hits. 2 million page hits, this thing says. Before you read it, I feel like you'd like a... Breaking news alert. Breaking news in December of 2019. In all caps. Secret space programs. Secret. Colon. Declassified in 2020? Question mark? In parentheses. New free movie! Exclamation point. There's, that's a lot of information. It is. For so little information. Ooh, there's a free ebook here for other stuff. We'll come back to this. He's he's a real he's a real renaissance man of conspiracy theories that looks like in here. Let's just about figure out if he has States. a podcast and then we can pivot to this being a podcast that talks about his podcast. Oh, I don't know if I want to commit to him. But in any case, that's that's Mr. Wilcock for you. But yeah, so there's supposedly a bunch of these different mathematical ratios that prove that aliens knew what they were doing and made all these signs in there. There's also other ones I've seen where these there are these particular hieroglyphs that people claim look like a helicopter and I think one's like a spaceship or something. I don't know. Isn't there? I know there is because I've watched way too many like ancient aliens or like secret Bible code things <laughs> on the History Channel. They're like, yeah. look at this renaissance painting there's this thing in the background it's a ufo this proves it like yeah those are great shows i don't know what i'm doing tonight go on youtube <laughs> bible code there's a lot of them i found a youtube channel you'd probably be interested in too um most recently our good friend elon musk oh god he made a splash by supporting this idea i think it was on joe rogan's podcast can i like sidebar real quick this Eh, this will date this episode a little, but it's not that big of a deal. Today on my phone, I got a news notification that said, How will Dogecoin be affected by Elon Musk's Saturday, Saturday Night Live appearance? And I just, I'm tired of being a person. I'm tired. <laughs> this is the simulation. I don't want to live in this world. <laughs> that sentence. But in any case, Mr. Musk, can we get, okay. New thing that we're doing on this podcast. We have our endorsements. We're going to have our non-endorse, our anti-endorsements. I strong anti-endorse We strongly anti-endorse Elon Musk. Like, if Let you're a known. dude, bro, who thinks Elon's the man, I don't want you to listen. I don't want your one cent. <laughs> These are strong takes. I don't care. I will, I'll take your listen. No. Oh, Tom has decreed. Tom has blackballed you from the podcast. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> Um, Devin is pulsating. He's so angry. Yes. I can feel the cosmic radiation coming off of him. Um, many point out that this point of view is very 
Eurocentric. It promotes a very Eurocentric <laughs> worldview because <laughs> as it assumes that only Europeans could be capable of this kind of impressive stuff. That's a lot of like random historical, uh, yeah, conspiracies. At worst, it's racist. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying a lot of them have a threat of racism. In yeah, them. racist undertones, for yeah. sure. Or overtones, <laughs> depending. Um, most of the time, these theories kind of, as we were talking about, carry the undertone or the overtone of these ancient dum-dums, there's no way they could have figured this out. Right. They weren't smart enough. We're better because we're white. Sorry, but that's kind of what it comes down to. Because um, a lot of them very... A lot of them really underestimate, like, what ancient peoples were, like, capable of doing with just the simple technology It's not like we've changed, like, as a species. Like, we have more technology and stuff, but we're fundamentally the same, like, right. organism. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have the same brains. Um, we're standing on their shoulders, preferably, so... So that's, that's all I really have for the ancient aliens. I'm sure there's a lot more that people have out there, but... <clears throat> that might be an episode in the future. Tom, I bet you didn't think we were going to talk about this in this episode, but... Is, is it Nazis? Power plants. Oh, hey. What nice. do you think the, the Pyramid of Giza and power plants have in common? Is it one? They're the same thing. <laughs> so, these theories on how it works vary, but a common thread is that the pyramids were actually, or at least the Great Pyramid of Giza, I'm not sure if it applies to others, but, uh, and it probably depends who you ask, were actually ancient electrical generators. Oh, wow. Tell one, me more. So, one piece that's pretty integral to all of these theories is that some of the chambers um, inside of the pyramids were actually made of granite. Granite contains quartz. Okay, you following me? Yes. So, granite is like an amalgamation of a bunch of different stones and crystals yeah like quartz granite. being one of them countertops yes <laughs> yes <laughs> mm. <laughs> granite countertops mm -hmm. um known for their electrical generating potential yeah well here's the thing quartz is well established as a piezoelectric material uh, piezoelectric materials are materials that can generate an electrical charge from mechanical stress okay is that a real thing yes this okay. is a real thing so, like a lighter, I didn't realize that lighters, many lighters use this. So, they have a small piece of quartz that they'll strike with a spring-loaded mechanism. That's why it's actually pretty hard to... Because huh. you're compressing the spring and then it's like letting go. Which then strikes a piece of quartz. When quartz gets mechanically stressed and it moves, the, pot is, the, the way its crystal structure is set up, these positive and negative... Um, molecules move in relation to one another, which means like the basically the center of charge gets moved, and then which builds this tension between the positive and negative, right? Because normally they sit right on top of each other because it's a perfect crystal matrix. Then they get moved a little bit apart, and then that induces an electric charge when they get moved apart and go back together. Two things that felt way too close to semiconductor theory, which I don't like. <laughs> Anytime, like, electrons and lattices are being brought up, I get... I'm a sad boy. Mm -hmm. And is that, like... So, quartz and watches? I assume some I think similar it works, function? It works almost the opposite way, I think. Because quartz resonates when 
an electric charge is induced across it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had this in my notes too, because it's a cool touchstone that a lot of people can connect with. Um, and it resonates at a very specific frequency. Okay, so also like the timing of the watch. Yeah, and that's why quartz quartz watches were like a um, a milestone, like a huge um, innovation because they're way more accurate than. A traditional wound watch. Yeah, my wound watch I have is not super accurate, but it is super cool. Right, I think they're way cooler, but it yeah, loses time like over the day though. Yeah, if you have to keep them wound properly, yeah. and um, I think mine is a modern, you know, um, automatically wound yeah. movement, and it is rated for like plus or minus fifteen seconds a day. I think. Yeah. Which is pretty. It's pretty That's darn good, good yeah. but. Not, I mean, you, you'll lose a minute, you know, a week yeah. at that rate, but. Interesting. I always wondered about that, but not enough to Google like quartz watch Wikipedia. It's pretty interesting. I would also highly recommend, I put a link to a video that I found on YouTube. If you just type in piezo, like how do piezoelectrics work? Somebody explains it. That's where I got all of this information huh. from the lighter and the, um, the crystal structure and all that stuff. Really, really fascinating stuff. But, so the basic theory is you can transform mechanical energy movement um, into electricity. So then they take this to the extreme and say, oh, and also there's the gold cap that used to be on top of some of the pyramids. Yeah, didn't someone like steal it or something? Yeah, I think that I think that gold cap was definitely stolen. Yeah. Um, and then gold is a very good conductor. It's used in modern electronics all the time. Um, it's one of the best conductors mm-hmm. that we have. So they're tying it into electricity somehow. Um, the one theory, so there's various different methods by how it generates the electricity. They just theorize that somehow it generates electricity. Some people went so far as to claim that it was like a wireless source of power that it just emitted kind of. Because, like, Tesla had these ideas. Like, a Tesla coil right. is wireless power. Like, if you hold a light bulb in a, in the field of a Tesla coil, it lights up. Okay. Um, it's because... And there are ways of wirelessly transmitting power through induction. Um, so, like, that's how wireless chargers work on your phone. Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff. Um, so, it's not like that's not a thing. But these people are claiming that the ancient pyramids... <laughs> generated enough electricity that it was wirelessly transmitted and then some people go so far as to say that the different obelisks and other pyramids that were located around egypt and across the world different ancient structures that they may have been connected in a network for wirelessly transmitting power around the world so we just went from people giving ancient people not enough not enough credit way too much credit yes 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 because m- most of the people that I found that subscribe to this power plant theory did not, don't really agree that it's aliens necessarily. Like they, they're not, isn't a huge overlap between the two, if surprisingly. I don't, I'm sure there's somewhere in this school of thought people that, or at least I hope someone thinks that the pyramids were like death lasers and that's what they did with the electricity. <laughs> and I, I'm in that one. Okay, so here's... No, don't, no. no. And this is sort of related, the opposite of a death laser. A life So, one theory claims that the electromagnetic field generated by the pyramid might have been an attempt by the ancient Egyptians to stabilize Earth's magnetic, electromagnetic field 
from the sun's radiation. Apparently, there was some event that they thought happened that was destabilizing the Earth's electromagnetic field and that the ancient Egyptians made the pyramid to fix that. But do they know the sun is good for you? <laughs> they, they didn't listen to our last episode, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, one of the biggest proponents of these theories is his name is Christopher Dunn. (laughs) (laughs) You can, he has multiple books that you can go find, um, written about this. He has a website called, uh, Giza Power. These people. It looks very 2000s geosities too. I kind of wish like, I was dedicated enough to write multiple books about nonsense. When... A bunch of other people that care about the same nonsense you do buy it. I'm sure it helps the motivation. It's probably bit. true. Um, so then, let's bring it home. Another theory that... And sometimes these get tied... This gets tied into the electrical generation. Some people thought that they were... It was a sophisticated pump system slash a rain machine. A, a rain? Like, it does it make rain? Oh, you'll find out. Tom. Weather control? Yeah, yeah, Tom. You, I bet you didn't think we were going to go there today. I so, didn't even know we were going to do this when I recorded our intro or <laughs> whatever, the trailer earlier. It said weather control. So, so, here are some of the facts that are often cited along with this theory. The pyramids are all built along the Nile. Not very far. Stone's throw, if you will. They're all a stone's A stone's drag. Okay. <laughs> um, there are causeways that are theorized to have been water canals to and from the river going to each of the three pyramids. There is assumed to have been a wall built around the base of each pyramid. And the inner chambers apparently have good acoustics. Oh, okay. We should record there. So yeah. special live episode. So that would be spooky, man. I don't know if I'd want to, that's like terrifying to me to be inside of a giant stone structure, like in a tiny hallway. Yeah. You get used to it. That's horrifying to me. Um, but in any case, somehow, these chambers acted as a hydraulic pump, which produced a vertical compress- compression wave, which comes back around to the piezoelectric properties of quartz. They theorize that the granite... So, the way these were constructed is limestone, as we talked about, was the majority of it. But then the passageways were pretty much always lined with granite. Hence why the granite matters with the quartz. I should have mentioned that earlier with the other things. That's fine. I don't think it really will subtract from the episode at all. So then they produce, it produces this kind of vertical compression wave up through the pyramid, which they then say, oh, compresses the granite, induces a piezoelectric current, shoots out the top. What do they propose the gold caps were for? Conducting, Condu- you know how but it's it got to shoot out. Was there a conduct. hole in the top? Of it? Okay, okay. No, it's electricity, Tom. It doesn't need a hole. But where does the rain come from? Oh, you just, just you wait. No, no, we were about to cover it. Um, so <laughs> I'm just mad that we're gonna cover it. <laughs> so they just claim that the whole thing is a giant piezoelectric generator. Whatever they use it for, God only knows. I there was a guy I found that is real into this pump theory and like actually designed like a working hydro hydraulic pump off of supposedly I guess the layout of the pyramid. How much know. talent has been wasted with these ideas? Too much, man. Yeah. I mean any is too much. But. So then some people go on from there to claim that this 
electricity that was generated was used to seed clouds. Okay. Which, cloud seeding is real. Did not know that. I looked it up. It's wild. It's so, pretty cool. Basically, as far as I understand it, you generate a very mild electric charge uh, in the air around you. You try to induce that charge into dust, mm-hmm. which then the dust gets picked up into the air and starts forming clouds. Because that's all clouds are, yeah. is the interaction yeah. between statically charged water molecules. It's pretty neat, huh? Which is real. Wild. I don't I don't remember how exactly effective it is in the modern I don't think it's like sense, super energy efficient or anything, but it's cool. It's yeah, it's a real thing. Did it happen at the pyramids? No. I'm gonna go on a limb and say no. I will bet any of my limbs and say no. <laughs> I'll I'll take your arm. I want the one with the stork tattoo. It's a vulture, damn it. <laughs> Alright. Well, I think we've learned plenty about the pyramids today. Learned is one word for what just happened. You've What have you done to me? <laughs> I am changed. Well, that's all I've got for you, Tom. So I guess we'll have a few announcements now. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. We appreciate you. We really, you. really appreciate you. Not you, um, though. You know who you're talking to. You know who you are. You know. Grandma. I'm just kidding. My grandma's a saint. I love D- is grandma. she a listener? <laughs> No. Kind of saint doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Tell your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> we really want to get that 65 and up demographic. Yeah, the 65 and up demographic is severely lacking in our, uh, in our analytics. Um, tell your friends. If you want to, that's the best way for you to um, get the word out about this podcast if you want to support us. Tell um, your foes. Tell your foes. If you don't like the podcast, tell your enemies. Tell those you wish to torture. Yes. Maybe they'll like us. Um, in if which you, case, we're their friends now. <laughs> if you work at a CIA black site prison and need some like torture stuff to play on loop. Hey, we'll this? take any. Yeah, we won't know. Just VPN somewhere else. <laughs> Why do we have listens from Cuba? <laughs> <laughs> from Guantanamo Bay. Um yeah, tell your friends. <laughs> That's what we're talking about, right? Um, give Send us an email. We have a Gmail. That's listed in all our podcast descriptions. If you have an idea of a topic we should cover or you just want to say hi, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us a tweet. Yeah, tweet us a tweet. We Follow us on pod. Twitter. We're big with Devin Nunez's cow. Pretty um, tight. I think that's all I got for you, Tom. I think that's enough. <laughs> that's plenty. We've done plenty of work here today. And with that, stay woke, sheeple. Wake up. Wake up.